Welcome to the Contractor's Best Friend Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Humphrey. We're sponsored today by 4constructionpros.com and Caterpillar. I'm joined today on a very important topic for most, I think, every contractor in the United States. I'm joined with Jason Hurtis. Jason is our Caterpillar Global Market Professional of Quarry and Aggregates. And so we're glad to have you here, Jason. Jason, can you think of a hotter topic for contractors in dealing with workers? No, I can't. Any worker, any contractor anywhere in the world that I visited, they say their number one point, pain point is finding, retaining, and recruiting skilled labor, whether it's operators, technicians, foremans, laborers, you name it. It's hard to get people today. Yeah. Really, the, those of you who are listening, our, our, our topic for the day is really how do we deal with the potentially talented people but who have less than needed work ethic or attitudes. And so, Jason, to pick up on that, one of the things that I know that I've heard and seen are the number of individuals who, when they come onto the workplace, may not stay more than 30 or 60 days. And that may be due to several reasons. One, they may not actually feel like they fit for the construction position they've applied to. Uh, They feel threatened by anything. They're just losing interest. What are some of the things contractors are, are sharing with you about some of their frustration with some of the new workers today? Uh, their frustrations are the same. They spend a lot of time recruiting, you know, and hiring someone, getting them into the fold. And then they work for a day and then don't show up for two days and then come back to work for a day. Or they leave right after their 30, 60, 90 day period. And the reasons are all over the board. The job wasn't what they thought it was. It's too hard to get up at eight o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning, you know, family conflicts. It's, it's not one size fits all. It's, it's a whole dynamic of human factors that are impacting the business today. Yeah. One of the things, you know, and and, and you know, that, that this is one of my areas of focus when I work with organizations, but we have found in the construction industry, and there's been some interesting numbers that sort of supports this, that at the current time in our construction industry, the average stay of a new labor to a company is sometimes less than 45 to 60 days. You know, when an employee comes to work on a Monday and then doesn't come back again, that's usually they just don't want to work there. They they made a mistake. They just don't have any interest there. But when they stay for 30, 60, even 90 days, Jason, and then leave, I got to think some of that's culture, isn't it? I would think so after that long a period. You know, usually if it's not a good fit or something, you'll find that in the first 14 to 20 days. But, you know, after the 30, 60, 90 days, it's there's something else. And I know contractors have tried to get around that or try to minimize that impact, you know, with the buddy system. Right. You know, so a new hire is immediately paired with a a more seasoned or a more experienced employee to kind of mentor and shadow and, you know, be their job buddy. Um, some have also done show up on time bonuses. So I know, I know one contractor, if you show up at six o'clock in the morning, you're ready to go. They'll pay you 5% more for the day. Right. Um, trying to keep people coming into the workforce. And well, and for people listening to us talk right now, this is for some, some contractors, this is off the norm. They just never, we never thought this way in the past. And, and it is frustrating, I know. And, and, and you hit upon something very quickly. You know, top, the top three reasons that, that if you really look at some of the studies that have been done of the top three reasons, typically the young adults entering the construction industry are telling us that when they left, they left because no one talked to them, no one trained them, <laughs> 
and then no one was following up or, or, or spending time with them. You don't find money necessarily at the top of that list anymore. And that says a lot about just the social aspects of working. Can, can, you, can you just talk to that for a moment? Uh, I think with the newer generation, that's a big part of it. They want to feel like they're part of the company. They mm-hmm. want to feel that they're part of the decision-making process. They want to feel that their voice, their opinion is being heard. Uh, maybe not 100% acted upon, but at least somebody's acknowledging that, oh, yeah, that, that's an idea, but, you know, we need to do this today or, or do that tomorrow, but that's a good idea. We'll continue to work on it to get them involved in the company and make them feel like they're part of it because it isn't 100% money anymore. It's the involvement. It's the, I don't want to use the word feel good about myself type mentality, but there's a lot to be said about that. They want to feel valued and they want the companies to show them that they are valued as an employee. I addressed those same points you just shared at a conference a few months ago in Florida. And it was interesting. I had one of the attendants come up to me and he was he was kind of chuckling. He wasn't being ugly at all, but he just said, really sounds to me like you just want us to babysit these new workers. And you know, I don't like the word babysit, but at the same time, I'm not so sure that he's not onto something there. It does seem like we have to train or work with newer people, younger people. Uh, you know, we have this age group of the millennial. We've had a lot of information about that. You and I and and, uh, and Lonnie have talked about this in the past on some of the podcasts. But we have this new group coming into the workforce, and they're coming in in pretty good numbers. They're called the Centennials. And that generation is about 14 years of age to about 24, 25 years of age. And, and this is that generation that probably, Jason, you're speaking to, that we may have to be a bit more aggressive on how we not only get them to come, but keep them coming in that sense. And let's, let's pick up on, you, you mentioned, let, let's, we can start laying out maybe some how-tos here for contractors. Obviously, the, the bonus of being there on time. I was very interested in what you said there about maybe even giving a little bit of an incentive there for 5% of the day if they get there at, on time at 6 we never thought about that 10 years ago, five years ago, did we? Never had to. <laughs> never had to. <laughs> and so we look at the bonus structure. And, and one of the things that, that I, I know I have some contractors that I've uh, met with who have, they're now creating uh, some bonuses. If you make it to work, you know, if you work 30 days in a row without any absences or any lateness, you know, you get an extra kicker. It might be $50, $100. And it might be cash. It might be a gift card, something like that. And there's another kicker at 60 another kicker at 90 uh, and these are all just gimmicks, I think, admittedly gimmicks. But when you think about that, when we hear of what the turnover cost is to replace employees, it's probably a pretty cheap investment to make to get a return on investment with people at least being there at the workplace. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. <clears throat> you think about what it costs just to advertise for a job and then go through the interview process and the time and the commitment of that, even some of the early on-the-job training you know, there's a cost to all of that. And if you can offset spending that money on an employee that's going to leave you in 90 days with additional incentives, whether it's monetary gift cards, like you mentioned, or, you know, additional vacation days or, you know, early quits on Fridays or, you know, something like that. If you can work in those areas, I think you're going to be way way ahead in time and money spent on retention for sure. Yeah. You know, one of the other things I've got to get in here, Jason, early, I know that, again, I know you feel strongly about this as well. 
it, it is interesting. I made a comment earlier that one of the reasons some some of these younger workers may be leaving is that they're not getting trained. I think, and I, this is a challenge I make, you know, not only in the workshops that I speak at, but in, in consulting. Hey, contractors have a training program ready to go day one. Um, let, let's not send them out for the first week or two and just be a ghost and follow you know, one of the other workers and basically just be a, you know, do whatever I tell you to do kind of a thing, actually have some formal, and I would actually have that in a written agenda, you know, almost a facilitation of the first, maybe even 90 days, so to speak. But, but whatever the length is, the, the point is, is get them actually beginning to be trained on the very first day. And again, it may not be very difficult tasks, but it, giving them that chance that they feel like they're automatically being pulled in and being made a participant into that process. Training is, a, is something that we have to do. Would you agree? Uh, more so today than what we've had to do in the past. I think every contractor needs to amp that up and it needs to be done differently. I mean, when we were little, Brad, you'd go to work and they'd tell you, you know, here's a shovel. We want you to dig this hole. Let us know when you're done. Yeah. No, you can't do that. No. <clears throat> they want to know, why am I digging this hole? Right. What's the value of digging this hole? Right. So you got to kind of explain, you know, during your safety talks or your tailgate talks of what's going on for the day, why it's important, you know, what it means to the business itself, again, to kind of get their buy-in and, and draw them into the bigger picture so they understand what they're doing, why they're doing it, and, and how it's bringing value to themselves, the company, and and the world, actually. Yeah, I think I think what we keep hearing back and forth, not only just what we're saying, but what we read and what you and I experience out there is the amount of increased communication. And this can be a problem for some contractors, not normally a real communicative leader, but we need to train and get our foreman focused on, we have to stay in contact. I teach something called the four-quarter leadership, which is simply just nothing more than breaking up your workday into four quarters, and that the leader, the field leader, whoever the leader is of that new employee, literally touches them every couple of hours, just you know, swings by, talks with them for a moment, just stays in touch with them to sort of read that interest and that body language and that type of thing. And I think those are things we have to do. I know we're cutting down on some time here, but Jason, do you have anything that you would like to add that might help us close toward closing out this topic? Because this is a serious topic for a lot of contractors. Yeah, I think the takeaway for me, for most contractors with new hires, is you're going to have to double or triple your touch points. You know, whether that's through training, that's through education. As you mentioned, you know, stop by, talk to them a couple times a day. You're going to have to increase that today compared to where you've had to do it in the past to continue to get those people to show up for work every day. Yeah, I appreciate that. Good advice. Those of you listening, uh, just a couple of quick summaries, you know, have a training program, have that ready. Doesn't have to be overcomplicated. And I don't mean actually classroom train. Most of this is hands-on in the field. Increase your touch points. I like how Jason said that. Increase your touch points. I would try to suggest a four-quarter approach uh, on a daily basis. But anyway, take these ideas, put them to work. Many of us in the room don't have anything to, we don't have anything to lose to do that anyway. But on behalf of, of Jason Hurtis and myself, thank you for listening today and best of luck to you. Put the things we've talked about into practice. Find more helpful information from cat experts on cat.com on the tips, tech and tools expert page. <laughs>